0: Happy 2019. This is Natalie Dellinger, your host of Not Another Wellness podcast. Very happy to have you as a listener today. Today's episode is all about mindfulness. And I brought on Molly Woodhull. She's a mindfulness expert and she just gets mindfulness. She just gets it. She has the ability to make it attainable for the average person. She has done the research. She's so passionate about it. She knows what she's talking about, and she's really been able to help a lot of people learn the benefits of living more mindfully in their personal and professional lives. Molly is a yoga teacher, a meditation guide, a wilderness immersion expert. She started Woodhole Wellness to inspire positivity and clarity and decision-making in the workplace and beyond by helping people build a meaningful meditative and yogic practice. Through face-to-face instruction and group-based exercises, she helps her clients achieve a peace of mind while increasing productivity, accountability, and decision-making skills. She offers yoga classes, including chair yoga for your desk, a four-week Kuru meditation series, and even a one-day silent retreat. So from the classroom to the conference room, a holistic wellness practice can dramatically improve the quality of work one provides and the quality of life one enjoys. Sounds like a win-win for everyone. Do you want to know how? Well, keep on listening. This is my interview with Molly. She is someone I was connected to by a mutual friend who insisted I had to meet her for coffee. And we talk all about mindfulness, how one can attain this practice through meditation, what the benefits are for your life personally, professionally. And it's super interesting. I think you're really going to like this one. And at the end of the episode... Stay tuned, there's some very off-the-cuff truth about what entrepreneurship is like. And it was it was after we finished recording, Molly and I kept talk- chatting, and I sneakily, or not so sneakily, pushed record to kind of capture the moment, and I thought it was really special. So that's at the end of the episode, so you'll kind of hear that ch- um, added after uh, we kind of cl- unofficially closed, so don't, don't miss that. And yeah, I'm just super grateful. Molly's become a really good friend, and I think you guys are going to love this, so... My last thing I will say before we start this episode is in the spirit of mindfulness, I want everyone, no matter where you are, to take one full and long, deep breath into your belly, expanding your belly like it's a balloon. This is so helpful. Molly will tell you why. So stop what you're doing and take the next few moments to take a nice, deep breath for me. Ready? Okay. Okay. amazing love it all right here you go Welcome to Not Another Wellness Podcast. I am sitting here with Molly Woodhall. We are going to talk about mindfulness and her business, but in typical tradition, we're going to pull intention cards. Hey, Molly. Hey. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I'm so happy to finally chat with you. As am I. This is a connection that was connected to you by your cousin. Yeah. He was like, you have to be my cousin. You guys sound like you have similar interests, and sure enough, he was right. So I'm going to shuffle these a little bit before you pick one try and
1: <laughs> pick one out that stands out to you today energy flows where my intention goes Brilliant. i believe that totally Let's
0: see what i'm gonna pick this is my second one of the day i felt super lucky i always trust the direction of the unit of the universe and know i'm being guided mm. so molly Talk to me about what lights you up. Like, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What are you excited about? A
1: few things. I love connection. You know, genuine connection with friends and family and people like you. So I, I really feel like connecting with others gets me out of bed. That brings me a lot of joy. and Probably because I'm also an extrovert, so I like to talk and I like to chat. And I'd say the outdoors I honestly have... I love Mother Nature. Like, I wake up early because I'm a morning person, but also, like, you know, seeing the sunrise is really beautiful to me, grounding, and bigger than I could ever be. So those are the things that that get me out of bed. That
0: reminds me, the story you told me when we met up for coffee, which I want you to share, Mm -hmm. is when I think you were younger. It's one of those experiences you had in nature. Yeah. I don't know if you were a kid or a teenager, and it was... You sort of said, like, that's where I found... Like Definitely, my, my inner voice, or, and like, learn what mindfulness was.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. So I am a middle child, and the only girl in my family. And my brothers would go to this camp up in northern Minnesota, where they do white water canoe trips up in Canada. And I was always really jealous of them. And so I got involved in a women's, all women's camp that provided experiences for girls to go explore the northern woods of Canada and do whitewater canoe trips. I think at a really young age, when I was on those canoe trips, I just found that being immersed in nature was really grounding for me you know when you're canoeing or going on a hike like it's really repetitive and it's very meditative I I definitely did not realize at the time but it was really centering for me I felt that every summer I needed to go back to this place so that I could be immersed in the outdoors so that I could be centered and find my voice and and be very present in my life because I think the sort of last point of this is that when you're in nature you're very immersed in the circumstance very present you know you're not ruminating about the past or fretting about your future you're thinking about where am I going to camp tonight I'm hungry (laughs) you know because I watched my brothers go play outside a ton you know my dad was the director of an arboretum my grandmother started one and we had a farm so I would dig in the dirt I used to plant potatoes with my grandmother each year and so, I think my you were, like, environment. You set
0: up to be, to appreciate nature. Very much so. As a kid. This episode's gonna be about mindfulness. So, yep. what? <laughs>
1: hard block, but what is mindfulness? What, what is <laughs> mindfulness? Mindfulness. It's a way of being, a way in which we live our lives in the present moment. You know, not ruminating about the past or fretting about the future, but living in our present space with awareness and clarity. But in order to be mindful, in order to live our life with this clarity, to be able to focus on the task at hand without freaking about, freaking out about what happened earlier in the day, et cetera and so forth, we have to train our minds. And so that's why meditation is a thing. Meditation is just a practice in which we learn how to manage our minds, how to teach our minds to be mindful. You know, when we meditate, you focus on one, you'd call it an anchor, so that could be a breath, or a sensation or a sound, and you just focus on that particular sensation or sound, and then you'll notice that your mind wanders away from whatever you're trying to focus on. And the practice of bringing your attention back to whatever anchor you've chosen is really what meditation is. Why does this not come naturally without practice? Well, our minds are meant to wander. They're meant to think this is really great. This ability to think and multitask and, you know, worry about the future. All these things are important in for us to manage our lives and to communicate with others. But to an extent, it can get a little too crazy, right? Especially because of the way that we live nowadays. We have so many different ways of communicating and different forms of technology. We have like this constant inundation of information. Yeah. It's almost, when you're saying that, I'm picturing, like, I remember being in high
0: school, and I would just go through photos for, like, hours of, like, my past weekend, the year before, the summer before, blah, blah, blah. And even in college, I would do that. I'd just, like, go back and look
1: at what I would had done. Right. Yeah, and then we developed this whole idea of FOMO and, like, fear of missing out, and then, you know, these portrayals of our lives that we're putting up on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook are not accurate. And yeah, we know that, but it's very easy to be taken away by this idea that all your friends are living a perfect life. hundred percent. Yeah. And it, so there's that part of, so mindfulness and meditation can help us manage this part of our life, right? To understand that, you know, maybe not everything is how it seems and Or fine, balance is okay, but if you find yourself scrolling for two hours, maybe, a little bit of mindfulness would be helpful there. We've all been
0: there. Yeah, we've all been there.
1: Yeah. Totally. But also, in a work environment, you know, we have a ton of emails coming in all the time. Then we have meetings, one-on-one, face-to-face, over the phone. And sometimes it's hard to focus on what is important because... All of the stuff is coming being bombarded. at us, yeah, at one Constantly. time. Yeah. So if you can learn some skills to help compartmentalize and organize your life, that's really helpful. And mm-hmm. I would say that being mindful and meditating is is a great tool to success in all realms of your life.
0: Yeah. So success. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what would you say are some of the benefits to
1: practicing mindfulness like success in work you mentioned just when we meditate we pretty much rewire the neural pathways in our mind and so our brains they learn habits and so if i don't know going to instagram is a go-to for you it's going to start to get addictive and that's because you're developing a neural pathway that tells you like "Mm, every 20 minutes Check your Instagram. Every 20 minutes, check your Instagram. Every time you're bored, yeah, yeah. check your Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so, or you have a time of trial, right? Something hard happens in your life. Say something weird happens at work or the personal relationship. Your mind has a stimulus and a reaction. And so it's just going to go to the reaction, right? Like we're just going to act like how our brain has been acting for many years. But... We didn't really, we didn't curate that mindfully. We just kind of developed habits and how we communicate as we grow older. And that's how we communicate. That's how we respond to issues. That's how we respond to hardship. But we do have choice in the matter. And so when we meditate, we help develop a gap between the stimulus and the reaction. Hardship happens, stimulus. And then as you meditate, kind of gives you a little bit of time to, respond, to react. To Right, right. Yeah, to respond. To respond.
0: And I really like what you're saying because I've never heard it put that way. Mm-hmm. Like we, through the opposite of mindfulness, whatever that is, allow this this behavior or whatever you want to call it to become a
1: habit that, or what we're used to, mm-hmm. but it, it, which it it is your natural reaction. Which but it is it, yeah, but it may not be the best way yeah. to to process information. Right. So when we meditate, our minds naturally wander. And then the process of noticing that our mind has wandered and bringing it back to the task at hand, which is whatever you're focusing on, the sensation, the sound, the mantra. That is hard. That's difficult. But as you continue to do that, you really develop new neural pathways, right? Your brain gets trained in choosing to focus on one thing at a time and noticing when it's wandering away from whatever you're hoping to focus on. And so... productivity. Productivity. It increases productivity. Focus. Focus. Yeah. I mean, there's a really interesting Harvard study. It's about how, as waking people, as adults, we spend 49, almost 50% of our lives lost in thought. 50% of our waking (laughs) lives! We are unaware of the fact that our mind is wandering on things that, like, totally different than the task at hand. Like past, present, worry, all these different emotions. Totally. So, this is obviously directly correlated to lack of motivation, you know, depression, anxiety, inability to sleep, inability to communicate effectively. That's a lot, and that feels overwhelming. But what I really like to let people know is that you don't have to sit on the ground with incense and your legs crossed, you like, know, oming. Like, right. Totally. Yeah. There are so many small techniques that you can bring into your life that'll make a difference. And just, like, being aware of the fact that you have a breath to take is, like, half the battle. It's
0: probably, like, yeah, like, part one. Realize your breathing and when you need to. What was your
1: first introduction to meditation? I don't know. I think it was a very fluid process. I think I've been introduced on and off many times. You know, yoga was always something I was interested in. And I am a yoga teacher, and so, of course, that is a type of meditation, and so that got me interested. I think when I was graduating college, senior year, I realized that I had a lot of anxiety about what was going to happen in my future. Sure. And I, like, really didn't know where I was going to go or what I was going to do. And so I found meditation as just a tool to help me, you know, relax then I kind of got really passionate about it because I realized that you know there are many people young adults who could use these skills that I was learning to help take a deep breath and realize that it's all going to be okay and I don't know tap into your intuition and all the things so I I think I like really truly found it probably senior year in college and then I used it in my careers afterwards so I worked in wilderness therapy what is that exactly so I used wilderness immersion rock climbing backcountry skiing as a tool for healing i work specifically with kids and young adults who dealt with autism and asperger's so that's different than programs that might work with you know people who deal with drug abuse and such Mm -hmm. but i noticed that mindfulness meditation and compassion-based meditation were a great resource for these kids and so I just kind of took my own knowledge and brought it in into the teaching space. And then after that, I moved on. I became a yoga teacher, and then I did spinal cord injury recovery through adaptive yoga. <clears throat> and that was really great, and I obviously utilized meditation in that setting, too. And, you know, time goes by, connection, connection. Mm-hmm. And I got connected to a program, comp- Compassion Cultivation Program, At Stanford, through their School of Altruistic Studies, so I studied there for like about a year. Learned all about compassion-based meditation, which is also called meta meditation Mm -hmm. sometimes. Kind of got hooked, and then from there, I was referred to a program at the University or Duke University called the Core Mindfulness Institute, which is a mindfulness-based meditation program for emerging adults. It's like one of the top in the nation. It's such a cool program. I became a core teacher and then I helped sort of build that program because it was pretty new when I got involved. So I helped in social media managing and a little bit of research, helped really build that program. I sort of went on a rant there. I don't even, you didn't even ask me any of that stuff.
0: <laughs> no, I was going to. So you read my mind. Yeah. I was just wondering, like, I kind of remember one of the first times I meditated and understood what it was or what I was trying to do. Yeah. I remember it taking me a little while to like, like not be afraid of that mm. silence and stillness. For some reason, it felt like the hardest thing ever. And yeah. a lot of people I talk to are like, "Yeah, I can't, I can't quiet my mind." I'm like, mm, "No, I know." <laughs> totally, but, but you can practice. It's like a workout for your brain to not attach to any of the chaos. So you're not supposed to be able to shut off everything
1: yes oh my god <laughs> yes. that took me
0: forever to Natalie understand. yes
1: I was like and so I'm just curious
0: to know like how you built on that because obviously sure. a lot of passion starts with like personal growth or you know you make a change and it really yeah affects your life and you're like oh my god I have to share this yeah and you like went deep into the The science of it and studied it and it sounds like so that I'm glad you talked us through that because I mean not only does it give you credibility you've actually taken the time to like really look into this look into how how impactful it is
1: well yeah so a lot comes to mind I think I realized once I started meditating as an adult in college that my experiences in the outdoors were inherently meditative so many people go outside to rejuvenate themselves. Yeah. Especially in Colorado, right? Yeah. I'm lucky to have had those experiences. And to touch on what you were saying about, you know, how people say they can't meditate and how it's not about... Meditation is not about... Stopping your mind. This is an impossible feat. We will never do this, Mm-mm. and we don't want to do that. No, like you're saying, it, right? It does that for a reason. Totally. Like you, you don't make a goal
0: by thinking only in the present. Like yes. there is a place to think about what you want and like aspirations
1: and future and advancement and sure. change. Yeah, That's
0: or just good stuff
1: great stuff It's yeah. just to be aware of our mind's proclivity to wander is yeah. advantageous like in all of our life and to build the skills to focus on the task at hand you know yeah i love that you touched on that that's something that's like really, really important for people to know yeah. and it is scary it's a lot like because meditation is a huge field there's so much there and that's why i like to help people learn where to start you know? Cause I think that's like the hardest part. Yeah. Sometimes. So how do you do that? Where do people start? Yeah. The first thing I say to people when they're interested in learning about meditation is I just talk a little bit about your breath and say, Oh, you really want to meditate? Okay, great. Then how about this week? I would suggest that you try and just be aware of your breathing. And if you're stressed, you know, maybe you can be aware of the fact that you're breathing more shallowly and more quickly, right? Or or maybe you don't even want to be aware of that, fine. So then what I would suggest is, if you feel stressed, try and take one deep breath. Like, that's all. Maybe two, you know, but like, just taking one breath changes the way that your mind works from a physiological standpoint, right? And so, let's just start there. Let's just be aware of the fact that we can breathe, that one deep breath makes a difference. I think a lot of people think that one breath isn't going to do anything.
0: Like allowing your brain to go to breath
1: is like a break. Sure. For your mind. Sure. Sort of. Yeah, it could be a distraction. Like, so I'm focusing on this stressful thing at work or in my social life or personal life, and I'm going to take a deep breath, and for that microsecond... You are just thinking about your breath. So great, a distraction. yeah. But also like we live in our sympathetic nervous system, which is a part of our autonomic nervous system that pumps out hormones. It's like the fight or flight part of our body. When we're living in our sympathetic nervous system, we're constantly pumping out hormones that are pretty much like giving us anxiety oh. that are like telling you like react, react, react to what is, whatever's going on. And when we take a deep breath like we actually turn on our parasympathetic nervous system like the part of our body and our brain that is saying rest digest take a break all right like let's everyone okay. take a deep breath
0: literally right now yes yeah. I, I just did that while you were talking and i was like wow that feels so good <laughs> it feels so good this makes so much sense because yeah. we're being bombarded, and we're working stressful jobs, and we're balancing family and career and social media and technology. What you're saying is the other body functions that aren't anxiety give you yeah. know don't push exactly you to, to act yeah just to homeostasis like are not you know able to
1: function yeah. properly totally they're not being utilized. So we're living
0: in a state of
1: stress totally. And now most people just breathe from their chest. So if, if you're taking that one deep breath and we want to get a little deeper into it, I would suggest doing a deep belly breath. So expanding your stomach as you breathe in. Mm-hmm. And then letting your stomach kind of sink back in as you breathe out. There we go. That's kind of kicking on your parasympathetic nervous system and getting you out of your just chest, shallow chest breathing, which is anxiety provoking for your body. Which then provokes anxiety Oof. in your mind. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. But the other important thing or interesting thing is that when you... Your brain needs oxygen to think. Like, it makes sense that we're going to think more clearly when we take a few deep breaths because our mind needs oxygen to function. People are like, will say to me, Oh, I feel so much more clear in my brain and my thinking after, you know, I work with some a group of people for an hour or whatever it may be. And... Uh, it makes sense cuz you've circulated more oxygen through your body and your brain's like heck yeah. yeah like i'm ready to work thanks thank you've you ha- you've been like suffocating me yeah
0: <laughs> depriving me yeah i notice when in a panicked or anxious state your breath changes with your mood, emotion, a stressful event during workday. Like it is linked to that. Yeah. So, just realizing that is connected is like a very important first step to tuning into what your body's actually doing, what response you might be having. It's like, how am I breathing? So, how do I kind of like work against that tendency to like tighten up and constrict?
1: Totally. And that's just a conversation or two. Yeah. That's practice, but also just awareness. Of the fact that this breath stuff isn't woo-woo. It's actually important. It's like biological. Yeah. And when you're playing a sport, you get in the zone and you're there. And that's totally meditative. When you're going for a run, for instance, and you're just totally in it, you're focusing on your breath because you need it to survive. You're in that moment. You're pretty much giving recognition to the importance of your breath without noticing that that's what you're doing. Because you can't run without breathing. (laughs) Yeah. And controlling your
0: and you know yeah. making sure you're breathing in a certain way. People I've had friends ask me, like, yeah, like my sport or running or cycling, like that's like meditation. Is that enough?
1: I think it's important to have okay, the two answers I would say is that's what you need in your life and that's all that you can incorporate into your life in regards to being mindful or meditating, then yeah. Like at least you're doing something. I want people to incorporate mindfulness into their lives. In a way that is accessible to them. So I would say, great, awesome. So you running or cycling or whatever is meditative for you? Why? Maybe have a conversation about it and maybe bring a little bit of awareness to that practice. And
0: yeah, that was my next thing. Like, is there a difference between being focused and then being mindful while you're being focused while you're exercising and being mindful? It's like I feel like that might feel. You're like, oh, when you look back, you might think, oh yeah, it's pretty meditative. But take it one step further. Why not? Sure. Be a little more mindful while you're doing the activity. Totally.
1: To make it a little more valuable for your body. A hundred percent. Because, you know, just as we were talking about our neural pathways before, you get into patterns. Right. And so when you cycle, for instance, yeah, it's an endurance sport. You're probably pretty in the zone. But you also, after a while, get used to that uncomfortable sensation and you probably do start to think about the past or the future or what you're doing after the ride so just maybe tapping into each body sensation when you're running or you're biking or you're whatever doing crossfit like feeling you know the sensation of your breath moving through your nose and out your mouth and actually being aware of that is very meditative and will definitely bring that whole experience to the uh, another level I guess
0: I I'm interested in the business. There's there's so much more to this mindfulness,
1: but I think sure. Let's go into what you do. Yeah. I teach corporate wellness, specifically mindfulness based meditation and compassion based meditation in corporate settings across the United States. I'm really grateful to start that I get to do this as my career. It all sort of just happened. But how? I, <laughs> I mean like I mean you know, you know as I discussed Earlier, You know, I did the whole Stanford and then Duke. And then I was asked to teach as an adjunct professor at the right. University of Denver. And then through that, I realized I was good at this. And then I thought, gosh, I should just become incorporated. So I just sort of became incorporated. Like, I just sort of did it and went for it. I figure no time better than the present, so. Um, Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I think in regards to how I teach, I provide longer-term relationships with companies. So yeah, sometimes I do one one one-hour lunch and learn session or a keynote speak for a company, but mostly I do six-week or eight-week-long programs. And so I pop into a company, you know, one hour once a week for maybe four weeks in a row. And then for the next four months, I'll pop in once a month. You know, we talk about the science behind the practice and some of the things that we touched on today. And then I lead them in different meditation practices or breath techniques. It's like very experiential. Breathing.
0: Right. Yeah. You're like, try this. Like, do you breathe? You know, can totally. have you ever belly breath before? Some people might be like, what?
1: Totally. You know, meditation is, is you know, being calm and breathing. You, you can do compassion based meditation you could do mindfulness based meditation you can do chakra meditations whatever all those are great but there are also a ton of breathing techniques that are like a diaphragmatic breathing technique which is a technique in which you breathe really quickly through your nose and you close your mouth and um you like kind of move up and down like a chicken that's kind of like (laughs) yeah yeah and you like flap your arms and you like move your you stand up and it looks like you're doing the chicken dance Wow. How long do you do that for with these? Uh... Like a few minutes. Like a minute, two minutes. It's <laughs> like the longest two minutes of their lives.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm picturing like a corporate setting, like, you know, stuffy, out-clothes, uh, yeah. like, suits, just, like, flapping their arms, like, breathing. like, <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, you walk, you come in to a corporate setting, <clears throat> excuse me, introduce yourself, and you're like, right, right, let's talk about... Yeah, how we're not being mindful,
1: and maybe how this can help all of you. Sure. Like, what is meditation? What is What meditation? is mindfulness? Mm-hmm. And why are these things a buzzword in our society today? And let me give you some, like, deeper understanding of why this is important. And so we meet on a consistent basis so that I can help people be accountable, not just to themselves, but to the group. You know, it's really hard to start new things. And also to provide people the opportunity to start to develop new neural pathways and develop new habits to bring into their life. And so I just ask people to try and meditate for 10 minutes a day, the whole time that we're meeting. And you know, if that means I say meditate 10 minutes a day and you do one minute, 10 times a day, or you try to sit down and do 10 minutes and you get two minutes in and you're like, I'm over this fine. Like that's all part of the process and the equation like but i teach easy techniques like micro meditations that's like a one breath that's like a three breath situation like a micro meditation or um you know different techniques like the diaphragmatic breathing technique you can sit in your chair and you can breathe for one minute quickly in and out of your nose with your mouth closed and it's like having a cup of coffee like actually like walking meditations a lot of informal practices or just if you choose to sit in your chair and for one minute be aware of how it feels to sit there. Yeah. Like like how your body feels in that moment. Yeah.
0: I I do think that, you know, sending people out into nature is such a good... If you're able to do that, that's got to be such a good one. Especially around here because it's like, look around you for yeah. like a second. Like, like totally. actually admire yeah. where you are. Yeah. That's even, I would think, you know, like a way to be mindful about your experience like wow look at that mountain it's describe it like I don't know just totally. like, think about
1: that 100% not your thoughts <laughs> yeah and gratitude <laughs> and gratitude such a great way to feel grounded and present so cool yeah I think that's honestly the the mountain thing is I noticed that living in Colorado at DU for four years I not every day did I see the mountains or did I notice them And so I moved somewhere where I could see the mountains because that's one of the reasons I'm here. And so I'm so lucky that I get to see them, I think. And and all people who live, you know, in Denver or anywhere, there are beautiful things around you. To just take a moment to notice those is important. It's a good practice of, yeah, of just, like,
0: appreciating where you are. So you have this corporate mindfulness program. What's it called?
1: Yeah, so my company is named Woodhall Wellness. I work all over the United States. I teach a lot in Michigan and Ohio, Chicago, um, and here in Denver, all over. You can contact me. You can find me on Instagram. You know, Woodhall Wellness is the name of my Instagram. Um, you can find me on my website, woodhallwellness.com. You can always feel free to give me a call. You know, my information, I think, is bo- on both of those platforms. Perfect. Like, I'm a resource for people, and I recognize the humanness in all of this. Like, we're humans. We're busy. We got a lot going on. And so I'm here to just help add a few things, not necessarily add them to your plate, but to provide you opportunities to new tools and resources that you have already within yourself meditation is accessible to you every minute of the day everywhere you go and and this is something that I'm very passionate about so yeah I love that I love this podcast <laughs> I'm Natalie, so glad to so about it <laughs> thank
0: you yes I'm, and this is such a good one like it's just such a good topic it couldn't be more important like it really couldn't be more important like I don't think I can think of anything that's more important than how you can manage your day to day life by being more grateful, being totally. more focused and productive and like love loving and compassionate towards yourself and other people. Yeah. What what else is, is important? Sure.
1: In life. Yeah. And, I agree. I mean there is there is a sense of reality to this too. We don't expect to be always upbeat and always grateful. Like there's room right. for everything. But the awareness of gratitude and and being present in the moment and knowing that you're okay is so awesome yeah and in the spirit of gratitude I have to thank you for inviting me on here I'm like honestly really I'm honored I'm so happy I'm I'm,
0: well thank you for thanking me I am like just so glad that we could have this conversation because it's it's so close to home for me and you know so much you have so much information you're crushing it it's like this <laughs> needs to get out to people so I am more than honored to have you here to share your story so cheers to that cheers <laughs> cheers so that's the unofficial end because we have more so keep
1: listening guys what I mean it <laughs> sounds glamorous that I've created this company and I it is in so many ways I'm so not to like belabor the whole grateful idea, but like I'm really grateful that I can make this happen. My mom is an entrepreneur, she's a huge inspiration to me. Like, I never would have known where to start without her, but it's also like a lot of work. Like, it's really cool, but I have so far to grow and like, like
0: yeah,
1: mountains to climb. And so, yeah, I just, it sounds like I've got to figure (laughs) it out, but I don't. I'm like, are you into? yeah like i'm just 25 year old entrepreneur
0: 25 year old entrepreneur though like that just take all like you know the goals away most people dream of that and never get there I I'm 27, so I'm like, okay, well, I can turn my life around
1: now. <laughs> life I think <laughs> I think all people can get there. Like, yeah. something that I wish I had done is I didn't really... For me, I didn't know that I was this was going to happen this way. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know that I was capacity. going... In what capacity, how that was going to happen. Like, when I taught my first class at DU, I didn't know I was going to leave there and realize, like, oh, I'm really good at this. Yeah. I didn't. And so, but... Like I think if people have ideas and they have passions, like you can create, it doesn't have to be your full-time job, but spending time, you know, providing what you love to the public or to people, you can create a business that way. Like you can be incorporated and still have a job and allow that passion to grow. Like, you know, the earlier you make a website, the more hits you get. I don't know. That's not my That's <laughs> not my cup of tea. Like, I don't know all that, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that's how that goes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I just encourage people. Like, there's not one way to create a company or make it happen. And if totally. If you have a passion, just, like, do it. It's, there's
0: a reason you have it, and, and, and you speaking from that passionate place is what we need. Like, we just need everyone to figure out what...
1: Yeah, you know, it is hard to find can, the passion.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wish you know, and it's like it's such a journey, but it's true. Like you're gonna be able to create the best work, make the biggest impact, help people from a place of like passion. Yeah, as opposed to just sure working. You know, obviously, and and we need people that are passionate about every area of life. Yeah, I think I always think that like all of these things, and we we there's room for all of it.
1: Yeah. Totally. Well, I think of your podcast is like a really great example. Like you have have a job, like you do other things, but this is something that's, you know, passion project, project. side hustle, whatever the heck you want to call it. Yeah. But you know, this doesn't have any, it doesn't have a, a ton of pressure. But like you want to make it succeed, obviously, and you have, and and yeah. your following has grown, and so like this is something that's naturally happening around right. something you're passionate about, totally. and who knows, someday this could grow to something more. Yeah. Is
0: anyone listening? God, yeah. It's universe, uh, I'm gonna trust the direction of the universe and know I'm being guided. Yeah. There you go.
1: Your card. Yeah.
0: No, it's so true. Um, and I started it. it yeah not understanding like what exactly i wanted it to be yeah but like i think everyone has such a cool story to tell in a different perspective and like if you're if you're pursuing a passion like let's talk about that like, totally what is it let's get into it yeah and and hopefully in doing that spreading that around to people it's like what are, have you thought about this you know yeah. like are you you know do you need to like work this out like let's get you going somewhere because it feels great Totally. I'm sure, like, there's such a high when you're standing in front of all these people, seeing them smiling and laughing and, like, learning how to breathe through their diaphragmatic yeah. breathing, and you're like, wow, like, this is pretty cool, because, like, this is, this just feels great, because I'm just giving this, what I, my passion is, this information yeah. to people, and, like, hoping that it makes a little impact in their life, or a huge one. Totally. Has
1: it's exciting and nerve-wracking because i'm young so you know it's something that i had to get over is you walk
0: up there like yeah hi guys
1: like you're 16 your age yeah <laughs> yeah sure. but i'm not trying to change i'm not trying to tell them how to live life i'm just giving them things yeah. to incorporate into their lives that yeah, maybe they, that they weren't aware studied of. so like you were more doesn't matter
0: how old you are totally yeah cool amen amen yeah it the mindfulness episode that I've been dying to do for a year and I hope you guys enjoyed it make sure you check out Woodhull Wellness I've linked her uh, Molly's website Instagram handle and all those things in the show notes thanks so much Molly it was such a pleasure to have you on the show I really loved our conversation in fact it was one of those interviews where I sort of zoned out in the middle and kind of lost my trail of thought and forgot what questions to ask so that's really fun when that happens for me and yeah
1: Happy New Year again and see you next time.